Chair, staff is ready when you are. Thank you very much. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Planning and Design Commission meeting. Today is Thursday, October 27th, 2022. The time is 5.30 p.m. This meeting is now called to order. Uh, Madam Clerk, will you please call the roll to establish a quorum? Yes, thank you, Chair. Commissioners, please unmute and turn on your video for roll call vote. Commissioner Boyd? is absent. Commissioner Buckley? Here. Thank you. Commissioner Chase? Here. Thank you. Commissioner Colville? Here. Thank you. Commissioner Lindsay? Here. Thank you. Commissioner Macias-Reed? Here. Thank you. Commissioner Pluckybone? Here. Thank you. Commissioner Yee? Here. Thank you. Commissioner Young? Here. Thank you. Vice Chair Wallace? Here. Thank you. Chair Hernandez? Here. Thank you. We have a quorum. Thank you very much. A few brief housekeeping reminders as this meeting is being held virtually via Zoom for members of the public uh, who wish to join, you can find the Zoom link on the agenda. Once you've joined the meeting and wish to speak, please use the raise your hand feature when your desired item begins to join the queue. We will first hear a staff presentation, then the applicant will have an option to do a presentation followed by commissioner questions. After questions, we'll open the public comment period and the clerk will call upon you to speak. If you are online, click on raise hand at the bottom of your screen. If you're using a mobile app, you can raise your hand by tapping the raise hand option under the more tab. And if you're calling in via telephone to raise your hand, please dial star nine, then to unmute or mute yourself, dial star six. Speakers will be called upon by the last four digits of their phone number. You will have three minutes to make public comments. And as a reminder for folks logged on to the Zoom meeting to please use the raise your hand feature for any questions or comments during the appropriate time. We have a lengthy agenda today and for the remaining meetings this calendar year. So we'll do our best to move smoothly and efficiently through today's business. And also depending on the discussion, we may take a short stretch break around 7.30 or 8 p.m. tonight. I also wanna welcome all the students uh, from the political science class and other classes who are joining us in, uh, via the attendee room. Um, and I also want to say that there are no changes to today's agenda, so we will move on to the land acknowledgement. If you will all please rise for the opening acknowledgement um, in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisenan people, the Southern Maidu, Valley, and Plains Miwok, Sikwin-Linton peoples, and the people of Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe, May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather today in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contributions, and lives. Thank you. Please remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. You may be seated. 
Our first order of business today is approval of the consent calendar, which we have the meeting minutes from the October 13th meeting. Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to make uh, comments on the consent calendar? Thank you, Chair. I do see one hand raised from Dorothy. Dorothy, I'm gonna give you the ability to speak. And just to be reminded, this is for the consent calendar. Can you hear me? We can hear you. I don't know how to get, I don't want to, to speak. <laughs> I don't know how to get the, the, the hand, hand down, I guess. Okay, no problem. I will go ahead and lower your hand. Oh, that was Chair, we do not have any other speakers with their hands raised for the consent calendar. Thank you. Thank you. Public comment is now closed for that item. We will move on to commissioners. If there are any um, comments or motions to approve, please raise your hand. I see Commissioner Chase. Thank you, Chair Hernandez. In the interest of keeping us moving, I um, move approval of the, um, of the minutes. Thank you, Commissioner Chase. Commissioner Macias-Reed. I'll second. Thank you, Commissioner Macias-Reed. I see no other hands raised for comments, so we'll take a roll call. Vote, Madam Clerk, please call the roll. Thank you, Chair. Commissioners, please unmute and turn on your video for roll call vote. Commissioner Boyd is absent. Commissioner Buckley? Aye. Thank you, Commissioner Chase? Aye. Thank you, Commissioner Coville? Aye. Thank you, Commissioner Lindsay. Aye. Thank you, Commissioner Macias-Reed. Aye. Thank you, Commissioner Pluckybaum. Aye. Thank you, Commissioner Yee. Aye. Thank you, Commissioner Young. Aye. Thank you, Vice Chair Wallace. Aye. Thank you, Chair Hernandez. I will have to abstain as I was absent, thank you. Thank you, motion passes. Thank you very much, Madam Clerk. Uh, we will now move on to item number two. This is director's report. Stacia, we're glad you're feeling better. Thank you, so am I. Uh, two items for you on the director's report this evening. First, the Planning and Design Commission at its last meeting on October 13th heard the Natomas Costco project and voted to recommend approval of it to city council. Wanted to let the commission know that that project was appealed. We anticipate taking it to city council to be heard uh, in November. And second, um, as the chair noted, we have very full agendas for the rest of the year. We have two meetings uh, for the regularly scheduled meetings for the rest of the year. We have November 10th and we have December 8th. We are looking at possibly scheduling a special meeting in order to address some items that we haven't been able to get to, um, such as the 2023 planning and zoning work program. Uh, but we will reach out to you if we do identify a date to see if we have a quorum for that identified date. So more to come on that. And that's it for me in the director's report. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Stacia. This item is received and file, so no vote is required, uh, which means we can move on through the agenda. And that brings us to the five projects we have for today's consideration. We are now on item number three. This is the Northgate Industrial Park P22-017, notice on October 14th, 2022. Any uh, commissioner disclosures or recusals? I see Commissioner Coville. Thank you, Chair. Yeah, I met with uh, the applicant and their, their representative. Thank you very much. Commissioner Yee? I had a Zoom meeting with the applicant and uh, the applicant's representative 
uh, our discussion uh, was contained in the staff report. Thank you very much, Commissioner Yee. Commissioner Lindsay. Uh, yes, I was at a community meeting when the uh, applicant presented the project, uh, discussions with District 1 and planning staff, and a Zoom meeting with the applicant, all consistent with the contents of the staff report. Thank you, Commissioner Lindsay. Com uh, excuse me, Vice Chair Wallace. Uh, I had a Zoom meeting with the applicant, applicant's representative, consistent with the contents of the staff report. Thank you, Vice Chair. Commissioner Chase. I also had a Zoom meeting with the applicant and the applicant's representative, and again, consistent with the contents of the uh, staff report. Thank you, Commissioner Chase. Commissioner Macias Reed. Same as the prior two commissioners. Thank you very much. And Commissioner Pluckybaum? Same. Thank you very much. And I, too, uh, received an email from the applicant and representative and met via Zoom on issues contained in the staff report. I do believe that uh, we have a staff presentation today by Jose Quintanilla. We're ready whenever you are. And it uh, looks like we're going to see a lot of you tonight. So um, take your time. <laughs> you are going to see a lot of me tonight. Good evening, commissioners. Chair Hernandez, my name is Jose Quintanilla, associate planner with the Community Development Department. I hope you're all doing well. Am I sharing my screen? I believe I am. So the item is P22017. This is the Northgate Industrial Park. The project is a request to remodel an existing warehouse building measuring 156,013 square feet and to construct a new industrial warehouse building measuring 109,673 square feet in the Incredible Universe planned unit development. The site is located on Northgate Boulevard immediately adjacent to and north of Interstate 80. The areas to the northwest and south of the site are developed with an eclectic mix of uh, uses, including fast food and other uh, restaurant establishments, commercial, retail, uh, and industrial and manufacturing uses. To the east of the site, across Steelhead Creek, are manufacturing uses with residential uses located further to the east. The site is zoned light industrial M1S and has a general plan designation of employment center low rise. The subject site was once occupied by a former electronics store, which is now closed. The building is currently unused and will be remodeled to a warehouse distribution building as proposed with this project. The requested entitlements for this project include the following, a planned unit development amendment, renaming the Incredible Universe PUD to Northgate Industrial Park PUD, as well as amending PUD signage and development guidelines, as well as the schematic plan consistent with the proposed project. A tentative parcel map to subdivide one parcel into two, measuring 11.29 and 6.26 acres. Site plan and design review for the remodel of an existing warehouse building and the construction of a new industrial warehouse building. And the last entitlement is a tree permit for the removal of 12 private protected trees. The first, amend, uh, first request, requested entitlement is for an amendment to the PUD and includes an amendment to the schematic plan designating the site for light industrial uh, M1 uses. Additionally, this PUD will be renamed from Incredible Universe, which is a reference to, the, to an old anchor tenant, and will be renamed Northgate Industrial Park PUD. Uh, including within, included within the uh, amendments to the PUD guidelines are 
removal of references to the prior anchor, anchor tenants, as well as incorporation of the new building B. Uh, references to the old Incredible Universe PUD are replaced with uh, references to Northgate Industrial Park PUD. Uh, there is a clarification of uses allowed in the PUD consistent with the M1S zone, as well as a prohibition of uses in both buildings A and B that are not compatible with warehouse uses, including adult entertainment uses, auto service and repair, laundromats, mortuary or crematories, and non-residential care facilities. Additional changes include uh, requiring parking standards to be reflective of, this, of the current city code, height limits being tied to the base zone limits and the removal of the tree planting list. Lastly, there are changes to signage guidelines, which would increase the signage allowances in anticipation of another anchor building, as well as the needs of the individual tenants, which were not contemplated in previous iterations of the site as the anchor building was the, the bigger electronic store only. The second entitlement is for a tentative subdivision map, which subdivides the parcel into two. Parcel one measures 6.26 acres and parcel two measures 11.29 acres. Each building would be in its, on its own parcel and the existing building would be on parcel two. The third requested entitlement is for site plan and design review for the remodel, for the remodel of the existing building and construction of the new building. The buildings are being built as speculative buildings with no tenants identified as of yet. The site features truck docks, customer and employee parking, open space for office employees, truck parking, and associated site improvements. Building A includes 28 dock positions and four at-grade roll-up doors. Conceptual plans provided show building A as suitable for two large tenants sharing the building. Building B includes 19 dock positions and eight at-grade roll-up doors. Plans show the building divided among eight smaller tenants. There is a condition of approval with, uh, for building B uh, requiring that the, that the dock closest to the, the entrance is, um, is designated only for smaller trucks to avoid uh, the truck maneuvering from, from interfering with the, with, the marked, with the intersection marked no clear, which provides access to both the subject site as well as the, uh, J the Dutch Bros and the 7-Eleven convenience store and gas station next door. Staff has worked uh, with the project architect and applicant to address comments, which included pedestrian and cyclist connections, as well as concerns which resulted from the, concerns and recommendations which resulted from the traffic study, one of which I previously mentioned, which included the uh, truck dock and striping for you know, no blockage of the intersection. There were no deviations requested to uh, development standards. The final entitlement requested is a tree permit to remove 12 private protected trees. Uh, 290 total trees were inventoried on the site. There are 170 trees inside of the development area, which includes the, which is, uh, which includes the construction of the new building and other site improvements for the functioning of the project. Of these, of the trees proposed to be removed in the development area, 12 of these are coast live oaks, and these are the 12 private protected trees. On the screen, I have, um, I have the different conditions for these 12 coast live oaks, two of which are in fair condition, which includes more serious defects. Seven are in fair to good condition, which includes defects only. Uh, one is fair to poor, which um, is being recommended to be, was recommended for removal in the project because of structural issues, and two are in good condition. And there are 26 dead trees within the, the development area. 
notification of the project and this hearing were provided to all neighborhood associations, residents, and property owners within 500 feet of the site. Staff received comments with CEQA concerns from the Golden State Environmental Justice Alliance. And that letter along with the staff response is included in your supplemental materials. There were no e-comments for this project. And lastly, the North Natomas Community Coalition expressed support for this project. Staff recommends approval of the project as conditioned as the proposal de develops an underutilized site, minimizes impacts to existing uses and rights of way, and is located in an employment center that includes retail uses such as a gas station, convenience store, and, drive -through and a drive-through coffee shop. That concludes my presentation. Staff and the applicant team are here should you have any questions. Uh, I'll turn it over to the applicant now if they have any present, if they have a presentation. Thank you. Good evening, Chair Hernandez, members of the Planning Commission. Ryan Hooper with Thatch and Hooper here this evening uh, to represent the Northgate Industrial Project on behalf of Latera Development. We're very happy to be here tonight, um, along with Charlie and Chris Tortola from Latera Development, as well as the entire development and design team, our environmental team, um, traffic. We've got the whole um, ensemble here in case there are any questions or issues that come up that need to be addressed. Um, in terms of background, Jose did a great job in providing some nuts and bolts of the project. Um, we think that this is a, a great site. Um, you know, one of the exciting things about this project is that it involves the reuse of property. We talk a lot in planning and project, you know, processing about, you know, what happens if, you know, well, here we've got a, a 17 acre, over 17 acre site that has been vacant for some time um, after, you know, concluding its last Life is the um, uh, Fry's Electronics store becomes somewhat blighted over time. And as these large buildings, these large parking areas, large sites, um, the reuse is a challenge oftentimes. And um, Lotera is very pleased to have the proposal before you tonight um, that shows a tremendous reuse of the, uh, of the prior Fry's site, um, you know, renovations. Um, and the like to, um, to make that site um, work for the industrial project. Uh, so great reuse, but also what, again, to do with a, a huge parking field associated with the prior retail use um, and pleased to present the 110,000 square foot new building uh, that together will function as the Northgate Industrial Park. Uh, we think that the uh, project is a, is a great catalyst uh, for investment in this area. We think that this location is, is a great location, as you can see, uh, surrounded by other industrial uses, drainage canal, freeway, couldn't ask for a better location for this type of project. Um, along with that comes reinvestment, economic development, um, and 350 new jobs uh, to the city of Sacramento, um, a range thereabouts, depending on the, the actual um, tenants that, that occupy the space. Um, I mentioned, as did Jose, that 17 acres, 150,000 square foot existing building, 110,000 square foot new building. Uh, we are consistent with the underlying M1S uh, uses and the zoning. Uh, the nice thing about these buildings is that they can be used by a couple of users or they could be um, divided into several smaller uses and be kind of used in a flexible manner depending on what the tenant needs are um, when that becomes uh, an issue closer to the end of construction. Um, we're very proud of the design. RMW did, a, I think, a, a very fine job, a great job on the design of this, not only um, just with the scale, the mass, and the colors, the materials, but really taking the existing building and dealing with, 
with all of those realities and then merging that with the design of the new building and I think really came up with an attractive design concept so um, we're again very proud of that and then although this is an industrial project we really did a lot to be respectful of the environment um, there was mentioned earlier of comments from the North Natomas Community Coalition. They asked for picnic benches for employees. We, we listened and we incorporated um, not one, but two, three, but seven uh, picnic benches located throughout uh, the park. We also are including uh, EV charging stations. A lot of time you hear about EV capable. Well, we have EV capable. We, we also have EV charging stations, which we're proud of, as well as um, uh, solar ready uh, for both buildings uh, to fit the solar demands of future tenants, um, as well as um, significant outdoor open space and amenity areas. And the project actually exceeds the city's um, shade requirements. So all of those are things that we're really pleased that we were able to incorporate as, as part of the industrial project before you tonight. Jose mentioned traffic. I just want to touch on that. Um, we did do a traffic operational analysis at the request of the city, and we were pleased with the outcome of that. It showed far less impacts, um, it, mainly because the prior use of a retail megastore uh, generates a tremendous amount of traffic, uh, whereas an industrial park is just the opposite. It's far less, far less frequent trips. And so what you see is, is a, a real diminution in the amount of traffic, air quality impacts, and the like. Um, and so we were pleased with that. And because of the, the less intense industrial use, we did not trigger any of the issues with VMT. So that is also very good news. However, you may be aware of some issues with the Dutch Brothers um, next door, some of the circulation and stacking queuing issues. And so we worked hard with public work staff to try to do what we could to be part of a solution to that. Um, we heard also loud and clear from the North Natomas Community Coalition that that traffic issues associated with Dutch Brothers was something that they would appreciate us trying to, to help with. And so the, the traffic study yielded a series of recommendations. Those recommendations have been included um, as part of our project design um, as conditions of approval and the like, all of which we are in accord and agreement with um, to help make the, fun the, the project function um, more efficiently, especially coming off of Northgate and at the intersection internally at Tandy Drive and Tandy Way. So again, I think a very good news with respect to traffic. Um, I will also touch on CEQA. Um, Jose mentioned that uh, the project was analyzed using a mitigated negative declaration. Uh, that decision was made early on in the process in conjunction with our team, but really at the, um, uh, with the input of city staff with environmental planning and with the city attorney's office. And so we, we proceeded to um, engaged ESA, who put together a, a very fine document, the MND for this project. There were, as Jose mentioned, a couple of comment letters. Um, we took those comment letters very seriously. We, we huddled up internally. We met with your staff for environmental review. We met with the city attorney's office, and, and we looked through them, and we, we, we analyzed and evaluated the points raised in those letters. And I'm happy to say that the consensus and the recommendation of your city attorney and staff was to proceed with the MND, that it was the appropriate way to um, analyze the project. And again, in particular, um, because of the fact that this project was so much less intense, 
than the prior project, less traffic, less air quality impacts and the like. So um, we're very pleased to move forward with the MND. Um, and I will conclude by mentioning, as Jose touched upon, the North Dakota's Community Coalition. We met early on with the, with the coalition. It's our practice to meet before we've even filed an application so that we can really get their input, present the project, because we're not there to check a box as much as we are to be good neighbors and get their input because they're the ones who are going to be driving by and you know um, living with this with this new project. So we like to get their input and they had input. They have good input from design issues and as I mentioned, picnic benches and just those things that that might not get picked up along the way. So we appreciated that. We incorporated those um, comments into our project. And I'm, I'm very pleased to say that as Jose mentioned that the community coalition has indicated its support for the project, which makes us very happy. Um, I think it shows that we, we've done a good job with the community. Uh, in closing, I will just say that again, we have the support of the community. We have the support of staff. We think this is a really great reuse um, of an existing site that's, that's not easy to, to deal with. So I think we've got a great proposal. I think it's a great location, as I mentioned, being surrounded by other industrial uses. And I'll just conclude by saying we're in accord with all of the conditions of approval. We urge your support and our whole team is available tonight to answer any questions you may have. So thank you very much. Thank you, Ryan. And thank you, Jose, for the, for the staff report as well. Uh, we'll bring it to the commission to see if there are any questions related to the presentation. So I'm looking for any hands raised from commissioners for uh, any questions directed to the staff or applicant that are clarifying or technical in nature? I see um, Commissioner Chase. Thank you, Chair. Um, Jose, a question early on in your presentation, you mentioned uh, one of the, I guess, requests was the removal of the tree planting list. Uh, could you clarify that? Yeah, the, the PUD includes a, a list of acceptable trees. Um, in the PUD and this was removed and it's removal doesn't mean that there are no acceptable trees. It's, it just defaults to the, the default uh, urban forestry tree list of acceptable trees. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Chase. Additional questions from commissioners? Seeing and hearing no hands raised. Um, thank you, commissioners. We'll now open the public comment period. Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Yes, thank you, Chair. I do have one hand raised from Amalia. Please correct me if I'm wrong as well. I am giving you the ability to speak right now. Tonight on behalf of Laborers International Union of North America or LAUNA, Local Union 185. LAUNA is requesting that the Planning Commission direct staff to prepare an EIR for the project because of significant impacts identified. We submitted comments on the MND during the comment deadline and we have reviewed the staff's response to those comments. Under CEQA law, if there is substantial evidence of a fair argument of adverse environmental impacts, an EIR must be prepared. I'd like to reiterate some of the adverse impacts outlined in our letter. First, energy impacts. The city's response states the energy usage of the project would be negligible compared to the energy consumed by the county on an annual basis, but this type of drop in the bucket comparison is prohibited under CEQA 
according to Friends of Oroville v. City of Oroville and other case law. Further discussion of renewable energy options, such as those included in the State Attorney General's Warehouse Best Practices document, is required under CEQA law. An EIR should be prepared, which includes this analysis. Next, the MND's characterization of the existing project setting with regard to biological resources remains inadequate. Although the city's response states that it performed reconnaissance surveys and compared observations to habitat requirements, Layuna's expert identified numerous other species that should be part of the baseline. Layuna's expert's opinion is substantial evidence of a fair argument that the species he identified in his report may be impacted by the project. Similarly, his statements as to the project's impact on wildlife movement constitute substantial evidence of a fair argument. And lastly, he pointed out that detection surveys were not conducted for the Swainson's hawk and burrowing owls. Therefore, the MND's conclusion that they were absent from the site was unsupported by evidence. An EIR is required to assess these impacts. So for these reasons, Lyona respectfully requests that the Commission directs staff to address these concerns and others raised in our comment letter in an EIR prior to further consideration of the project. Thank you. Thank you for your comment. Chair, I do not have any other speakers with their hands raised for this item. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Uh, the public comment period is now closed and we'll bring the discussion back to the dais. Are there commissioners who wish to speak on this item or ask additional questions or make a motion? I see Commissioner Lindsay. Thank you, Chair. Um, I'd like to thank again the applicant for working closely with the community and incorporating many of their suggestions uh, into the plan design. And um, I would like to, uh, and this is a great project. I mean, this is a great repurposing project for this area. And um, uh, really appreciate the the more modern modern architecture that you're you're bringing to this area. So, uh, with that, I would like to move staff recommendation to support the repurposing. And um, bringing a, uh, a, a an employment center into the uh, North Natomas area. Thank you very much, Commissioner Lindsay. We have a motion on the table to approve staff uh, recommendation. Next, we'll go to Commissioner Colville. Thank you, Chair. I'll echo everything Commissioner Lindsay said and second the motion. We have a motion and a second. Um, thank you very much. Uh, we have another hand raised, Commissioner Boyd. Thank you, Chair. Um, sorry about that. As there has been a motion and a second motion, but I would like to bring forward a recommendation and or a motion if necessary to address the toll callers concerns. And as she had um, eloquently laid out a requirement for a full EIR, not dependent upon the previous EIR that was done and of the opinion of the city attorneys, uh, city attorney to go forward but what is actually the California state law, excuse me, my voice isn't all the way back yet, but what is California state law that must be addressed in regards to the points that the caller has laid out. So again, whether a motion 
I need to make a motion or the recommendation to staff that an uh, complete EIR be addressed to the points that the caller had made. Thank you. Commissioner Boyd, thank you for the comments. Um, I, do I do believe that um, the, the staff and applicant addressed the environmental issues uh, in the presentation. I appreciate the public commenters uh, remarks today. Uh, I do wanna bring it back to staff and or the applicant to see if there's anything additional that they would like to um, add in response to those comments by the public commenter. I would just say that I think that we've already discussed it with staff, with city attorney, uh, with environmental review staff, all of the issues that were raised uh, were previously looked at as part of the MMD. Um, we have no issue and, and agree with the city attorney's office that this MMD is the appropriate way to proceed with the project. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, Commissioner Chase, I see your hand raised. Uh, thank you, Chair. I think Ryan just answered my question. I was going to ask Jeff if, in fact, the you know, just for confirmation that the city attorney's office, uh, you know, has uh, uh, you know recommended the MND. Thank you, Commissioner Chase uh, and Chair. Uh, I'll defer to uh, Leslie Walker from our office, who uh, did work with staff uh, most recently on this particular project. Or to Tom Buford's staff, I think they're on the line here. Thank you, Jeff. Yes, uh, this is Scott Johnson, senior planner on the environmental team. Um, yes, we, we did work uh, closely with the consultant in addressing the comments uh, that were received and the analysis that was completed, the modeling for air quality, the um, biological surveys and the mitigation that's going to be implemented for the protection of the, the biological resources, we feel is an adequate uh, analysis of the project. And all, all impacts were found to be less than significant with the implementation of the mitigation measures. Thank you very much, Scott. See no additional hands raised. We have a motion and a second on the table to approve staff, staff recommendations. So we'll move on to a vote. If the commissioners will please unmute their mics and turn on the cameras. Uh, Madam Clerk, whenever you're ready. Thank you, Chair. Commissioner Boyd? No. Commissioner Buckley? Aye. Commissioner Chase? Aye. Commissioner Coville? Commissioner Coville? Aye. Commissioner Lindsay? Aye. Commissioner Macias Reed? Aye. Commissioner Pluckybaum? Aye. Commissioner Yee? Aye. Commissioner Young? Aye. Vice Chair Wallace? Aye. Chair Hernandez? Aye. Motion passes. Thank you very much. Um, Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, the next item is number four, Valley Oak Logistics Center 2 at Depot Park, P22-032. Commissioners, any disclosures or recusals? I see no hands raised for the record. And so we'll move on to staff presentation and we have Angel uh, presenting today. Angel, whenever you're ready. Uh, good evening, commissioners. Uh, hope you're all doing well. I'm gonna share my screen here. A moment.
There we go. Apologies. Sorry for the delay there. <laughs> All no right. Uh, well, my name is Angela Anguiano. I'm the project planner on agenda item four, the Valley Oak Logistics Center at Depot Park, uh, file number P22032. Uh, the item before you is a request for a conditional use permit uh, to increase the ground coverage uh, within the Army Depot SPD by more than 10%, uh, thereby allowing the construction of a new warehouse and distribution center in the heavy industrial uh, zone and Army Depot SPD. A, a site plan and design review entitlement uh, to construct two warehouses totaling 373,708 square feet and associated site improvements on a 20.79 acre parcel and a tree permit to remove six private protected trees. Uh, existing land use of the site is vacant. Uh, to the north is warehouse and other industrial uses. Uh, to the south are solar panels and other industrial uses. Uh, to the east is the warehouse and distribution center, also known as the Valley Oak Logistics Center 1. Um, and to the west is vacant and heavy uh, rail. In terms of the general plan, uh, the subject site and surrounding area is entirely within the uh, industrial land use designation, uh, which in the general plan means that it's associated uh, and it's envisioned to, uh, to uh, include manufacturing, warehouse and industrial activities uh, that occur uh, wholly within a building. Uh, warehouse and distribution center uses are allowed within the general plan and are envisioned uh, in the general plan designation. Uh, in terms of zoning, uh, the subject site is in the heavy industrial zone, M2S. Um, and the purpose of the M2S zone is to also promote uh, manufacturing, excuse me, allow manufacturing and uh, manufacturing and the treatment of goods. Uh, the proposed project is um, consistent with those requirements. So as previously mentioned, there's a CUP request. Um, to increase the ground coverage within the Army Depot SPD by more than 10%. Uh, staff analyzed and did a calculation of the existing ground coverage area within the Army Depot SPD, and we determined that the project is uh, just over the 10% cap and uh, would, qu uh, would qualify uh, or necessitate the approval of a CUP at a planning commission level. Um, so the proposed project is uh, providing um, a total of 12 short-term uh, bike parking racks for building A. Uh, the minimum required is two, as well as 14 long-term bike, uh, bike lockers um, inside the building, excuse me, um, and the minimum is re required are 14. Uh, building B is proposing 12 short-term and 12 long-term. Uh, in terms of vehicle parking requirements, the project is located within the suburban parking district, and the minimum required for the entire project is 348 and the maximum allowed is 748. Uh, the project is proposing a total of 374. Uh, I'd just like to point out, um, uh, there's gonna be some amendments to the conditions of approval uh, and findings uh, pertaining to the tree permit conditions and findings. Um, we determined that a, six, a total of six private protected trees are required uh, for removal instead of four, uh, which 
uh, changes the language and conditions of approval of the project. In total, 195 inches of aggregate trunk diameter will be required to be planted on site. Um, staff is recommending approval of the requested entitlements and recommend that the Planning and Design Commission approve the project this evening uh, subject to the amended conditions of approval and findings of fact. Um, and thank you. Uh, that concludes my presentation. The applicant is here today and he'd like to also give us a short presentation. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Angel. I see Brett. Go ahead and uh, provide a presentation whenever you're ready. Am I able to share my screen? Uh, let's see. Yep, we can see your screen. Go ahead. Good. Commissioners and Chair, my name is Brett Hogue. I'm with Buzzouts Construction, and I am I am representing the owner, BRE Depot Bit uh, Park LLC and Link Log Logistics. I'd like to thank staff for their presentation and for the work that they've done on this project. They've been very easy to work with, and um, we agree with their with their recommendations on this project. And I think Angel did a pretty good job on this, so my presentation is going to be uh, very short. Okay, uh, the military moved into this 485-acre Army Depot site in 1945 and left 50 years later in 1995. Today, Depot Park are, occupies most of the far, former Army Depot land and is Sacramento's only fully secure industrial park with 24-7 security. Uh, it's fully fenced and it has uh, secure entrances. De Depot Park is in high demand and has an extremely low vacancy. Two years ago this month, we were in front of this commission with what we call uh, Depot One, which is the Valley Oak Logistics Center One at Depot Park. It is shown on this map directly east of the highlighted area. That site is a uh, approximately 477,000 square feet it was approved by this commission unanimously, and the building was completed earlier this year. The building has three tenants, and the last tenant is, fill, is finishing their tenant improvement, and it's my understanding that they're moving in next month. So the building, once it was completed, filled very quickly. As you can see on the site plan here with the buildings in, in pose, the, the buildings are, are pretty well in the center of Depot Park. And further, if we look at the distances from the property line to the east of us is Florin Perkins, and we are approximately 1,800 feet from Florin Perkins. We also have what we call Depot 1 uh, between us and Florin Perkins. And then to the west of us, the nearest residential is approximately 2,200 feet away from us. I think that with uh, anybody on any public right-of-way is going to struggle to even see this building because it is so central inside of the, the, the depot park. Uh, and these are all uh, uh, 
it's almost 2,000 feet from any, any public right of way. Uh, the site has a water quality basin, as you can see here on the site plan, all the way to the left or the west of the plan. All of the water from this 21 acre site will go to this water quality uh, detention basin. It is also picking up some water from the north and from the east and from the south. Uh, other properties will be channeled into this water quality basin uh, before it is uh, pumped into, into Morrison Creek. Um, the elevations, as we've already heard from, from Angel, are very similar to our previous building, Depot 1. So as you see them, you can see that these are, are certainly kind of a, a campus. Um, they're not exactly the same, but they're similar enough that, that you can tell that this is part of the, the Depot Park campus. And um, my last comment that I'd like to make is, is that, that all the utilities that we're going to need for this project are already in Depot Park. The electrical and the water and the sewer and the drainage and everything is interior. So this is truly an infill project. There, there won't be any work in any of the public right of way. There won't be any inconveniences to anybody driving around Depot Park because all the work will be in interior. And we're very happy about uh, participating with the city of Sacramento and encouraging some, some infill projects. And we feel like this would be a really good infill project. And with that, I'm happy to take any questions or comments. Thank you very much, Brett. Um, I apologize, I forgot to do my own disclosure. I attended a, a, a staff briefing where this item was discussed with issues contained in the staff report. Um, so we'll see if commissioners have any questions related to these presentations. Um, please raise your hand if you have questions and I see Commissioner Young. Yeah, I just had a quick question for the applicant. Um, just thank you for the project, it looks great. Um, I'm just really curious as to um, you know, what are you seeing as far as the economic conditions out there, as far as the, the demand for light industrial space? Um, what, what sectors are you seeing out there that's, that's making you see the need to, to, to build more of these spaces in Sacramento? Uh, in Sacramento as a whole, or are you talking about specifically this project in Depot Park? Um, Sacramento as a whole, but then also specifically for this project, like what do you see happening in that space? Well, I don't think it's any secret that, that uh, the development is slowing right now. Uh, uh, funding is, is getting harder and harder to get. But we are seeing with the buildings that we are working on, the buildings that we are completing, we're not having any problem getting tenants. So they're filling up pretty fast. And we're going as, as fast as we're able to right now because the market is, is still has a demand for this type of a building. As far as uh, the, the potential user in Depot Park, these are both spec buildings. Uh, we do not have tenants for these buildings yet. What we're finding in the market is once we get a building up, and especially once we start on a tenant improvement, that's when the tenants start coming. They want a space that they can move in right away. There are several different types of tenants that could move into this building. In our, in our previous building in Depot 1, Siemens took a good chunk of the building. Siemens has a big presence not only in Sacramento, but in Depot Park. And uh, a, a user, a manufacturer user like that would fit in really well with these two buildings. But these are speculative buildings. There's all kinds of users that could potentially move into there. What kind of sectors are you kind of seeing interested in, in the warehouses in general? I think you mentioned Siemens, any other uh, types of sectors? Distribution centers, uh, logistics, manufacturing. Uh, there's uh, state employees at Depot Park. There's um, healthcare at Depot Park. So 
Uh, Food Link has a big presence in Depot Park. So any, any one of those types of users uh, would work out great here. Great, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Commissioner Young. I don't see any additional hands raised. So we will move on to the public comment period. Um, Madam Clerk, are there any speakers with their hands raised on this item? Thank you, Chair. I do not see any hands raised for this item. Thank you. Thank you very much. So we will now bring the discussion back to the dais. Are there any commissioners who wish to comment, ask additional questions, or make any motions? I see Commissioner Chase. You're muted. Uh, yeah, th thank you, Chair. Um, a, a quick comment uh, to Brett. Uh, you indicated this building would not be very visible, kind of almost hidden from the public. Why? It's a nice looking building. I wouldn't be concerned about it being hidden. Um, and with that, I would I recommend uh, approval uh, of the uh, staff report as presented. Thank you, Commissioner Chase. Commissioner Lindsay? I would like to second the motion. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Lindsay. I see no further hands raised. We have a motion by Commissioner Chase and a second by Commissioner Lindsay to approve staff recommendation. Um, we can call the roll. Thank you, Chair. Commissioner Boyd? Aye. Commissioner Buckley? Aye. Commissioner Chase? Aye. Commissioner Coville? Aye. Commissioner Lindsay? Aye. Commissioner Macias Reed? Aye. Commissioner Pluckbaum? Aye. Commissioner Yee? Aye. Commissioner Young? Aye. Vice Chair Wallace? Aye. Chair Hernandez? Aye. Motion passes. Congratulations, Brett. Thank you, Stacia. The next item is item number five. This is the Arena Brownstone Living P22-026, noticed on October 14th, 2022. Commissioners, any disclosures or recusals? Commissioner Lindsay. Um, so I was at a, <clears throat> excuse me, a community meeting when the applicant made a presentation and uh, discussions with District 1 and planning staff. Thank you very much. Seeing no further hands raised, uh, we can move on to staff presentation. So Jose, uh, I believe you'll be presenting on this one as well, whenever you're ready. Thank you, Chair. <clears throat> Hello again, Commissioners. My name is Jose Quintanilla, Associate Planner with the Community Development Department. I hope you're all doing well. This item is P22026, the Arena Brownstone Living Project which is a request to construct a 282-unit residential complex consisting of 12 buildings totaling uh, 368,128 square feet in the Arena Corporate Center PUD. The subject site is currently vacant and can be accessed by a shared driveway from Arena Boulevard, which is shared with the Ashton Park Apartments next door, as well as a private driveway shared with the hotel and the office uses to the north on East Commerce Way. To the north of the site is the Innovation Park PUD, which was approved earlier this year, and Sports, Sports Parkway Private Road. The site is located within a half mile of two proposed green line, green line light rail stations. The required entitlements for this project request include the following, a planned unit development schematic plan amendment, redesignating the 7.97 acre site for multi-unit dwelling residential, 
a tentative map for condominium purposes for, for the creation of 282 residential units, a conditional use permit to exceed the 25% residential threshold in the employment center zone prescribed by Sacramento City Code 17.216.420B, and site plan and design review for the construction of a 282-unit residential complex. The first uh, requested entitlement is for an amendment to the PUD schematic plan, which would redesignate the site from office and other employment uses previously approved on the site uh, under project P16017, and it would redesignate it for residential and other employment uses as shown on screen. The second entitlement is for a tentative map for condominium purposes, which would subdivide the site into 282 airspace units, which will allow the units to be sold off individually. The third entitlement is for a conditional use permit or CUP to exceed the 25% residential cap that all employment center PUDs in the geographic area shown on screen um, must adhere to. So this area is uh, comprised of the area bounded by Interstate 5 to the west, uh, Del Paso Road to the north, the East Drainage Canal to the east, and Arena Boulevard to the south. This area, these 340 acres, do not include the Innovation Park PUD. So this area is comprised of several PUDs, uh, including the Arena Corporate Center, the Del Paso Road PUD, and the Natomas Crossing Area 2 and 3 PUD. Um, the, currently, the Arena Corporate Center devotes more than 25% of its acreage to residential uses, and accordingly, the, the project needs a CUP to exceed the cap in this PUD. The CUP can be granted if uh, certain findings are met, including compatibility with adjacent uses, the provision of a conjunctive use with the project site, an improvement of the jobs housing balance in the area, and no concentration of multi-unit residential dwellings, consistency with the North Natomas Community Plan, and finally, residential acreage in this 340-acre area does not, cannot exceed 25% overall. So this, the immediate area is comprised of a variety of uses, including residential, office, which includes Centene and over 1.2 million square feet of office space, a hotel, retail, as well as Innovation Park, which includes the California North State University Hospital Project. This project, the current project tonight, provides a publicly accessible open space area in the form of a linear park with games, seating areas, and trees. Uh, that conjunctive use, this, that's the conjunctive use, that, uh, that linear park will be maintained by the, uh, by the ownership of the apartment, of the uh, residential development. Lastly, in the Arena Corporate Center, I have these numbers on screen if you'd like to follow along, there's a currently 45.37% of the acreage is devoted for residential use, and this project would bump it up to 52.48. In the overall 340-acre uh, geographic area, currently 20.83% is devoted to residential uses, and this project would bump it up to 23.17, below the 25% residential uh, threshold. The final requested entitlement is for site plan and design review for the construction of the residential development. The site features 12 residential buildings as well as 13 garage buildings that are not uh, attached to the residential buildings. 
residential amenities, which include outdoor lounges, a dog park, clubhouse, and pool, as well as a community green, as well as the aforementioned conjunctive uh, use, which is the linear, linear park open to the public. The applicant worked with staff to ensure that the site was well designed, including the provision of direct, safe, and obvious pedestrian connections, which was a, a comment that we heard from various commenters within the city, as well as our commenting agencies. Uh, these, these connections go throughout, go through the site. You can access Arena Boulevard and you know, follow the, the pedestrian paths north to Sports Parkway, or as well to the adjacent developments, including the office and the hotel. The site is not gated with the exception of pedestrian access points between each of the buildings. So between, for example, between building one and two, there's a pedestrian entry, uh, as well as pedestrian you know, between buildings three and four, built between buildings 10 and 11, et cetera. So there are gates proposed along both Arena Boulevard and Sports Parkway. There were no deviations to standards uh, requested. Uh, on screen, I have a examples of the architectural style proposed with this project, which the uh, applicant uh, states is a brownstone uh, design typical in the, uh, on the East Coast. So this is a, a style that we typically don't see here. Um, and as showing the other, the other tables from the staff report on screen, there were no uh, deviations to any of the, uh, any of the development standards, both in the PUD and uh, citywide. There was notification of this project and, the, and this hearing provided to all neighborhood associations, residents and property owners within 500 feet of the site. Uh, staff received a letter of support from a nearby resident calling this a, a great project with um, housing choices not typically found in the area. There was one, There is one e-comment for this project which is, expresses support for the project but expresses dismay at the number of parking spaces, especially as the project is within a half mile of future light rail. Staff recommends um, Staff recommends approval of the project as conditioned as the proposal develops new multi-unit dwelling on a vacant site and is in proximity to future light rail, existing commercial office and other employment generating uses. Uh, in addition, there's providing a quality design that integrates well with existing uses and provides a highly interconnected site. Uh, that concludes my presentation. Staff and the applicant team are here should you have any questions. Uh, I'll turn it over to the applicant now, which has a short presentation for us as well. Thank you. Thank you, Jose. And um, who from the applicant team is presenting today? Uh, that will be Richard Ham. Hi, Richard, whenever you're ready. Uh, I appear to be in the dark. It's a little dark over there. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, thought I'd give you a little presentation, try and tag on to what Jose uh, already shared on the project. <clears throat> he's done a great job on that, so I don't want to try to go over some of the things that he's already talked about, but um, our design team is also uh, online, so if there's any questions, technical questions that come up, our design team's available as well. Um, we're very pleased to be here in front of Planning Commission today. Um, and, uh, you know, before we start, I just wanted to let you know how impressive we've been with city staff. Um, this project has gone uh, very quickly, very, very smoothly with a lot of professional work by, by staff, uh, most notably Jose, uh, unbelievable and uh, Scott Johnson, of course, and department of utilities and public works and parks also really helped us out. 
Um, so we're really, really pleased to, to be here. Uh, a little bit about us, we're, just, we're a state of California private development firm, and we have offices up uh, in Northern California, Napa, Walnut Creek, as well as down here in Newport Beach. And uh, kind of we treat kind of every property special, and uh, this is a good example of that. Customize every, every solution to the, the property that's there. Um, these are some of our design principles. There, there are things that you guys are all very well aware of, you know, market-driven demand, placemaking, connectivity, functionality, scale and design, and then importantly, community outreach. That's something we find very important for all of our projects. So um, in, in starting off and letting you know where we were, uh, as Jose already said, we, we had an approval for a hotel site and 300 square feet, 300,000 square feet of office and the hotel is built, it's out there up and operating. But uh, you know, in this post-COVID world that we're living in, uh, office really doesn't make a lot of sense right now. New office really isn't very viable. Uh, so we started looking at what other things could we, could we do. And there's been some great changes in the past five years in this area. And uh, most notably, you know, the Centene campus, and the Innovative Park uh, project that just got approved, and also uh, hopefully Costco going in kind of kitty corner to us. And um, all those things are great job generators. And so it seemed like this project would be a great project to bring in the residential to kind of balance out the jobs uh, with, with the residents close by so people could live close to where they work and and walk to work or bike to work. So uh, we started exploring this with staff probably about a year ago. And we started testing a number of, of designs and sharing them with planning and planning was giving us our feedback. And then planning did a, a great job of uh, kind of doing a all departments, all hands department uh, review of it. So we got feedback from all the other departments within the city, which really helped. And then with that, we modified our plan and submitted the application in April. And so here we are today. Um, at that same time, we submitted the application. We started doing our community outreach. And so we got together with uh, the, the major associations that were there, Natomas Community Association, North Natomas uh, Community Coalition, as well as our, our neighbor, you know, our, our, the hotel owners. So we've, you know, gone out of our way to try and communicate with everybody with what's going on. Uh, I don't want to go over what um, Jose went over. So what I'm going to do is try to tell you what we think is special about the project. And uh, one of the things that we think is special is the way we've designed the uh, private open space for the residents that will be living here. We put it in the center of the site so it would be easily accessible for both uh, all the residents in the project. The nice, the other nice thing about it being here is it kind of bifurcates the site into north-south and kind of breaks up the massing north and south through the project. And as you can see here, we've got, you know, a basketball court, a pickleball court, nice pool and spa area, great community green, outdoor fireplaces and dining areas and barbecue spaces. So really, you know, quite a nice uh, space. And then in the building that you see uh, that's, that's right to the north, uh, where the dark yellow is, um, that, that 
building has in it a fitness center and a community room. And these will have a bunch of windows all around and will blend out to, to the open space. So we, we feel like we really got a great um, recreation and community gathering space for the residences. Um, in addition to that, um, in between each of the buildings, um, we have a, a nice little a courtyard area, very intimate. And it's really meant to be for the, the users uh, or the people living in that building. And you can see by the space that there's uh, seating, there's in some there'll be fountains and others there'll be a barbecue. Um, and we actually have an outdoor room. I don't know if you can see it there kind of on to the right where it's, it's a, there's a big opening there. Well, that big opening is an outdoor room that can be used as a, in a, a kitchen or it could be used as a lounge area or uh, sometimes uh, we'll use it as a, you know, a TV space so the residents could come down and watch a game or do whatever they're gonna do. So we have this uh, intimate uh, space available in between most of the buildings. Uh, in addition to that, uh, Jose said, talked about the conjunctive view space. This is kind of a blow up of the conjunctive view space. And it's, it's pretty close to the corner of Arena and East Commerce Way. And it's adjacent to the hotel that's there. So um, we visualize this as not only being by, used by the residents of Natomas and Sacramento, but also the guests from the hotel be a great space. Uh, in the corner there, we've got um, some bocce courts, and then we've got a kind of a green area where we've got um, some ping pong tables and cornhole and um, some other, um, you know, uh, bocce, whatever. Uh, and then it, 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 there's a linear walkway that kind of goes and connects to a linear park that you see kind of going up and off to the left of your screen. And in there, we've got, uh, uh, you know, orange uh, or oak trees and olive trees and uh, picnic tables and lounge areas and benches. And so it, it creates a, a nice little space. Uh, the other thing nice about this, too, is uh, it creates a little bit of a buffer uh, of kind of a park as a buffer between the hotel and the residences. Um, kind of another amenity that's unique to, to this project is uh, with most multifamily projects, it's uh, storage is always an issue. Uh, we have uh, garages and closed garages throughout the project, but we like people to park their cars in the garages and not put their junk in it. And on the second and third floor of each of the, the buildings, uh, we have eight uh, private storage lockers. And so in each building, there's 16 private storage lockers. Um, so that's another nice amenity that, that helps keep the cars in the garage and, and not on the street. Uh, last uh, is the elevation for the project. And uh, as Jose mentioned, you know, we picked a brownstone elevational style. And there was a specific reason to that. The reason we chose that is we have Arena Boulevard and, and Sports Parkway and uh, the hotels on the other side. We wanted our architecture to embrace the streets and not turn their backs to the streets. We didn't wanna have the streets and then a wall and trees that hide the project from the streets. We wanted to engage the streets. And so this architecture uh, basically puts the best facade on, on the building to the public spaces. Um, and even though these are large buildings, 
Um, the, the look of it is uh, a group of five or six individual brownstones that are placed together in these buildings. So it'll look like a series of brownstones as you're driving by on arena. Um, this same view kind of uh, focuses towards uh, Sports Parkway and also to the, to the hotel. Um, this is just another slide. This is a project with a similar architectural style in another location in the state uh, where we are again trying to engage the, the public space. This happens to be near Riverside Plaza uh, and, and it really tied in well and, and worked well for us there. Here's an artist conception of uh, what this will look like from Arena. Uh, the one on the, uh, on the top is, is more kind of a, a view from closer to the intersection of East Commerce. And, and you can see how the building masses in it, massing is, and you can see how these buildings really address the street and will create a great look for Marina. Um, the, other, the only other thing you should look at is those, the, if you look at the spaces between the buildings, that's that area that I was describing that has the little intimate courtyard spaces. Uh, down at the bottom, um, you'll see our entrance from Sally Way that's on the right side of the last building on your right that also goes to the Ashton Park Apartments. And you can see what that, uh, that entry will look like uh, and the building massing that's there. Um, this, uh, this slide here, uh, last slide, is really just showing you know, how the project kind of embraces the hotel. Uh, you can see the conjunctive use space in the linear park and the separation that that creates to, um, to the residents. And you can also see how the, the, that central amenity space really bifurcates the site uh, north-south. And then last, the, the, the little image on the bottom is uh, how the buildings will address the current sports parkway. Um, you know, the new innovative park uh, master plan uh, shows sports parkway uh, moving a little bit to the north. So um, this would be at some point in time in the future, the Sports Parkway Road uh, and this relationship will change. But uh, regardless, uh, it creates a, a great image uh, of the project to the north. So those are kind of the things that we feel are, are pretty special about our project. Uh, sorry for being in the dark uh, for you there. I apologize on that. Um, but we're, we're happy to answer any questions. Our design team's here. We're really excited about this project. And then uh, just, you know, last close one more time, just kudos to the city staff. Just uh, did a great job. So that's it for me. Thank you very much, Richard, for your presentation. We will bring it back to the commissioners to see if there are any questions related to the staff or applicant's presentation. I'm looking for any hands by commissioners for questions. I see Commissioner Lindsay at her hand up first. Thank you, Chair. Um, so if I could get a clarification from the applicant, um, perhaps Mr. Ham. Um, so on page five of the staff report, it uh, says that there's a, an addition of new for sale, for sale higher density residential project. And on page 12, um, it also references the re residential pro project will provide quality for sale housing. And then on, on page 14, 
Um, it says uh, the applicant may choose to rent these units instead of offering them for sale. So could you clarify that for me? Sure. Um, we've been building in the state for quite a long time. And mm -hmm. uh, what we found is it's uh, there's a lot of challenges when it comes to doing multifamily projects that are in a condominium format because of construction defect litigation. So kind of our company, the way of dealing with this is to build a really nice multifamily project, hold it for 10 years, and then do a conversion over to a condominium project. So that's typically our plan going into a project like this is to build it, run it as apartment in it, that sometime in the future, go ahead and do a condo conversion. And even though we you know, typically want to hold it that full 10 years, sometimes it happens, the conversion happens sooner, sometimes it happens later. But we, we see this, this project as being converted at some time in the future. Okay, okay, that's great to hear because this is really a nice project and very nice architecture and uh, uh, could uh, be part of a solution of what we're calling our, our missing middle yeah. in terms of uh, um, workforce housing. So um, very good to hear that, that you do intend to uh, at some point in time, um, make these units for sale. So yeah. thank you, thank yeah. you. No, thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Lindsay. Commissioner Young? You're on mute, Commissioner Young. Commissioner Lindsay beat me to that, that first question. So thank you for the clarification. Yeah. Um, the, so I'm sort of curious, so the, would would it basically be sort of like a rent to own type of situation where you have renters kind of coming in there and then you kind of give them the option to eventually own own the unit? Uh, not initially. Initially, we'd be, we'd be running it as a straight apartment project, but okay. when the but but when the time comes that the convert the conversion is going to happen, our best buyers or the easiest buyers for us to get are our current renters. And we usually bend over backwards to, you know, get those renters converted to being a buyer. So at some point in time when the conversion is going to take place, and usually we know we'll make a decision, then we have to wait about, it takes about a year after that before you can actually get all the documents in place and things. But during that year, we'll be working with our renter uh, pool and saying, hey, this is coming down the road. We hope you're going to stick with us and we'll be able to have a nice place for you. Okay. No, thank you. Um, I think part part of my struggle as 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 a houser is is what we can do to to just make great product like you are proposing accessible for service workers, right? Yeah. And, uh, people who are working as school teachers, firefighters, and and I'm just you know again I know that there's all the the, the regulatory solutions which doesn't always fly well with private developers and. I'm just sort of curious from your perspective, like what, what can be done to, you know, be able to set aside some units that, that are um, affordable for, for, for the service workers in our, our communities? Yeah, what, I, what we did on this, we had a question very similar to this uh, be asked in one of our presentations to the homeowners associations. And so what I did is I went and, and looked up uh, what the uh, AMIs were, you know, the average median income for the area. 
And then I checked, um, you know, what our, our, our product was and then found out what the price value were for product like this in the, in the area and then put a chart together to see, okay, if we were to go ahead and offer these for sale right away, day one, how would we be, how would we be doing there? And because the unit sizes go from pretty small up to about 1,150 feet, I think, I, I think we're somewhere in that range at the top. But because of that, we are hitting in that AMI group from about, you know, I think at the low, the lowest was about 90% up to about like 110, 120%. So we're really hitting that, that niche that you're talking about where the, the teacher, the nurse, the, you know, could afford it. Um, and I think that's really driven by the density on the site and also the size of the product. Yeah, I ran the math this afternoon as well. Oh, so. you did it too. Good. I did too. Yeah. So I think like for for like eighty percent AMI was about two hundred fifty thousand for 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 sale, and then hundred was around three twelve, and one twenty was three seventy five. So I was thinking, I, I didn't know that was kind of where you guys would be pricing it in order to make it economical, or was yeah, I? I I put a little I put a little spreadsheet together on it. I I can share it with Jose and then he can he can get it to you so you can look at it. But it was it came out, you know, pretty favorable. Not every one of the plants, you know, fit within that group, but there was a, a sizable number of them that did. So it was a it was a good exercise to go through. Okay. Well, you know what? I really appreciate you going through that exercise, yeah, you know. Yeah. I, I just being able to make the effort to just think about everyone in our community um, even though it, it may affect the bottom line a little bit, but the fact that you're doing that and, and hopefully figuring out solutions together to, to just make this uh, accessible for, for everyone in our community. So I really appreciate the effort. Um, I had a follow-up question for Jose. Um, so I just wanted to make sure when, the, when that area achieves that 25% uh, residential cap if you will I, I don't even know if i want to call it a cap what what happens at that point say another project comes in because i know that the the large university pud they've got other projects that they are proposing residential projects so what what happens in in that scenario um well uh we would first need to look at the individual puds if you know uh if they, if they're at that cap. So if we can't make that finding, then we can't grant the conditional use permit. So uh, the, let me pull up the map real quick. Sorry, give me a second. Well, while it loads, um, for example, the Del Paso Road PUD, which is which rings the Innovation Park PUD to the north, there's currently no residential. So if a project were to come in after this 25% cap, they wouldn't need to, um, they would not need to apply for a CUP as this project did because there is no residential in that PUD right now. So if, let's say that there was another vacant site in the current PUD, which is the Arena Corporate Center, um, and, you know, that that percentage would, you know, get us above the cap, then we wouldn't be able to make that finding and we would, you know, have subsequently have to deny that CUP. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Young. Additional questions from commissioners? I see Commissioner Colville. 
I'll just second the motion. We are still on questions. Oh, I thought she had a motion there. I'm sorry. Um, did somebody make a motion and I missed it? Okay. Commissioner Colville, any questions before we move on to public comment period? I'm sorry, no. Okay, no problem. Thank you very much. Um, I don't see any hands raised and uh, I had similar questions as Commissioner Young, so I appreciate um, the, the discussion there. Um, we will now open the public comment period. Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Yes, Chair, thank you. I do see two. I'm sorry, there's two hands raised. Um, Commissioner Boyd, do you have your hand up? Yes, I'm trying to be elevated to panelists. Yes, sir. I will go yes. ahead and do that for you right now. Okay, so sorry, Chair. Um, the only hand raise I do have up is Albert. I'm giving you the ability to speak right now. Good evening, uh, Commissioners. My name is Albert Lutheran. I'm a field representative for the uh, Northern Conference Local 46. It's, a great, it's great that we're seeing future development in our city that's going to provide much needed housing for residents in our city. But today I want to talk to about, I want to speak about labor standards in the city of Sacramento. Area standards to include livable wages, healthcare, apprenticeship programs, and local hire. The importance of having livable wages is because it helps our working men and women being able to balance wages and current inflation rate that has skyrocketed in the last few years. Livable wages help our construction worker, workforce being able to afford rent in our community, being able to provide the basic needs for their families. It also helps our families have access to healthcare since healthcare is a, is a necessity for every single human being. We cannot have our neighbors unable to have medical attention because developers and contractors refuse to pay for healthcare. We as a community, we should support local workforce. Apprenticeship, apprenticeship helps our working class citizens gain knowledge, skills, craft, craftsmanships. Apprentices can build projects in the highest degree by implementing skills that are learned at the training centers and the job sites. It also helps developers ensure the projects are completed on the time and up to standards. These, these apprenticeships are the future builders of America. Hiring locally benefits our entire community, not only from tax revenues, but also for money spent by our work, by the workers in our local shops. It also ensures that contractors are now bringing out-of-state works workers that suppress our wages, and enforcing a, a look and forcing a local workforce to commute for hours to be able to feed their families instead of spending time with their loved ones and being involved in the community. This is unacceptable. I would like I would like kindly ask the uh, Planning Commission to please adopt area labor standards. Air labor standard language in all future projects being developed in our city. Thank you very much. Thank you for your comment. Chair, I do not see any other hands raised for this item. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Clerk, and thank you, Albert, for your, for your comments today. Uh, seeing that there are no additional public commenters, we will close the comment period and bring the discussion back to the dais. Commissioners, um, please raise your hand if you uh, would like to comment on this item, ask additional questions, or make a motion. Commissioner Lindsay? Um, 
Thank you, Chair. Um, you know, our, our North Thomas Community Plan provided for an integrated mixture of employment and residential. So I'm always a little wary when I, we have to give up a little bit more of an our employment center to housing. However, because of where this is located on the east side um, with Centene and now the approved Costco and with the Innovation Park, which includes uh, a hospital complex and teaching uh, medical center. Um, I, I do support the allocation of this EC property to, to housing. I, I think this is a great project. Uh, uh, the architecture adds a lot to North Natomas, uh, gives it a little variety. And um, plus the fact that uh, the developer has said that uh, when the time is appropriate, it will move from, from rental to house to purchase, which is what we need desperately in the North Natomas area. So with that, I would like to move staff recommendation to approve this project. Thank you, Commissioner Lindsay, for your comments. And we have a motion by Commissioner Lindsay. Um, I see Commissioner Colville's hand is raised. I did this before sometime, but I'll second the motion. I feel a little deja vu. Thank you, Commissioner Colville. Um, seeing no additional hands raised from commissioners, we have a motion by Commissioner Lindsay and a second by Commissioner Colville to approve staff recommendation. Uh, Madam Clerk, will you please call the roll? Yes, thank you, Chair. Commissioner Boyd? Aye. Commissioner Buckley? Aye. Commissioner Chase? Aye. Commissioner Coville? Aye. Commissioner Lindsay? Aye. Commissioner Macias Reed? Aye. Commissioner Pluckybaum? Aye. Commissioner Yee? Aye. Aye. Commissioner Young? Aye. Vice Chair Wallace? Aye. Chair Hernandez? Aye. Motion passes. Thank you, Madam Clerk, and congratulations to the applicants. Um, let's see, the next Thank item you. number six. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Um, Jose, this is your last one. We have item number six, Capital Co College and Career Academy, P22-018, noticed on October 14, 2022. Commissioners, do you have any disclosures or recusals? Commissioner Lindsay. Uh, yes, I had emails with the applicant's representative uh, regarding issues contained in the staff report. Thank you, Commissioner Lindsay. Commissioner Macias-Reed? I met with a representative of the applicant and consistent with staff report. Thank you, Commissioner Macias-Reed. Commissioner Yee? Um, okay, there I am. Uh, I received an email from the applicant team uh, consistent with staff report. Thank you very much. Commissioner Young. I exchange emails with the applicant's representative consistent with the staff report. Thank you. Commissioner Colville. Same. Thank you very much. Commissioner, uh, excuse me, Vice Chair Wallace. I also received an email from the um, applicant's representative. 
Thank you, Vice Chair. And I too uh, exchanged emails with the applicant. Oh, excuse me, was that Commissioner Boyd? Did you raise your hand? Yes, yeah, sorry, a tricky finger going here. Um, I have received um, communications, but I have not been in communications with applicant. Thank you very much. Uh, and uh, for the record, I also exchanged emails with the applicant and uh, representative of the applicant consistent with staff report. Um, so with that, whenever you're ready, um, Jose, please uh, begin the staff presentation. Thank you, Chair Hernandez. Uh, I promise this is the last time you will all see me tonight. My name is Jose Quintanilla, Associate Planner with the Community Development Department. I hope you're all doing well. The item is uh, P22018, Capital College and Career Academy. This project is a request to establish a private nine, grade nine through 12 uh, charter school in the general commercial zone within the Del Paso Arden Way Special Planning District. The subject site is located on Arden Way across from Woodlake Park and the Arden Del Paso light rail station. The project, sites, this project site includes two non-adjacent parcels one of which uh, fronts Arden Way and the other one that is located at the corner of Calvados Avenue and Forest Street. The, the Arden Way parcel measures 0.98 acres and uh, currently includes an existing building, which uh, formerly housed a furniture store. The building has been vacant for approximately 10 years. Um, the Forest and Calvados site is vacant, but is, is currently paved. Um, the that site will will house four new modular buildings the the site with the existing building will be will be remodeled for the school the requested entitlements for this project include a conditional use permit to establish the private charter school the site plan and design review for the remodel of an existing 16,316 square foot commercial building and the installation of four modular four modular buildings totaling 3,840 square feet. The final entitlement is for the removal of a tree permit for the removal of seven private protected trees and three city trees. The first requested entitlement is for a conditional use permit or CUP to establish a private school. The school is a grade nine through 12 STEAM focused. So this is STEAM is similar to STEM, which is science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics. Uh, that's the focus of the school. The school will have uh, approximately 100 students enrolled per grade at full enrollment, 22 full-time staff, and eight part-time staff. The first, year, the first school year will be for grade nine enrollment only, with approximately 80 students expected. As part of the project review, a focused operational analysis was conducted by DKS. Recommendations from the study included, included limiting the Arden Way driveways to prevent conflicts with traffic on Arden and vehicles exiting or entering the site. As a result, the westernmost driveway will be exit only and will only be used when needed by school management. The second Arden driveway further to the east will be limited to exit only and for use by emergency vehicles only. School pickup and drop-off will occur via the alley with vehicles looping the, the interior of the site and then exiting from the alley once again. In the first phase of the project, the alley will be improved to the, you know, as shown on screen, which is, you know, this area in gray here, and that would be in, you know, this is full, full improvements of the alley. Um, 
enrollment beyond 253 students will require uh, the entire alley to be improved, uh, as well as um, use of the alley for, you know, car for vehicles exiting the site, including, you know, pickup and drop off. So both sides of the alley would be utilized. As part of the, uh, the traffic study, a parking analysis was conducted by uh, DKS on a non-holiday school week. Parking availability within a thousand feet of the site, and that thousand feet of the site is shown on the is shown on the screen. So they had evaluated all the you know the parking availability in that area. So as part of this analysis, analysis, it was found that there were 508 total vehicle spaces. 400 of those were unrestricted, meaning you know no ADA restrictions, no loading zone, no time limits. At morning and midday, approximately 30% or 120 of these spaces were occupied. 280 were vacant. It's expected that at full enrollment, um, and that's you know when there are 100 students per grade, about 80 students will drive. And you know typically the driving age is 16 and above, so you know the first two grades, nine and ten, will very likely not have vehicles. The third entitlement is for site plan and design review for the construction of the school and includes the remodel of the existing commercial building, as well as the installation of four new modular buildings uh, at, the, at the northern part of the, of the project site. The existing building will be remodeled to include uh, classroom spaces, outdoor learning areas, administrative spaces, and a cafeteria. Uh, the exterior of the site will be repaired, and that includes, you know, the storefront windows. There are these, uh, there are little uh, light light windows on uh, all across the uh, bottom portion of the site. So all of that will be repaired. There really isn't much uh, in the ways of facade changes to the current building. Uh, the four modular buildings, the four modular buildings will total 3,840 square feet, and these include classroom spaces as well as outdoor learning areas designated for the uh, exterior portion of that site. There were no deviations to standard requested. On, on site, I have uh, current uh, elevations uh, from Arden of the existing building. So, you know, fixed up, it looked like that before, and it will look like that again. And I'm sure, and then there's uh, elevations, you know, for the modular buildings, and these are pretty typical modular buildings used for classrooms. So notification of this, oh, there's a final permit as well, sorry. There's a tree permit as well, which uh, requests the removal of seven private protected trees and three city trees. The five private protected trees, so, at, you know, th this isn't a species protection. This is, the, they're over a certain diameter. So we have, uh, there's five palms, a uh, tree of heaven, and a dead interior live oak. And there are three uh, palm trees, which are city trees, which will be removed as you know, part of the project, which includes uh, improvements along uh, Arden Way, uh, Forest Street, and Calvados along the project site and at the utility, the utility uh, parcel. This, so this parcel here is owned by the city. It's a utility parcel. So separated sidewalks will be you know, repaired, replaced where they exist. Uh, and installed along uh, Oxford, Arden, Forest, and Calvados, where, where the site uh, has frontage, including the utility parcel, as that is part of a part of the route the students, you know, will walk from the southern portion to the northern portion of the site. So notification of 
This project and this hearing were provided to all neighborhood associations, residents, and property owners within 500 feet of the site. The applicant, applicant provided a letter signed by various uh, neighborhood groups in the area, as well as a local business. The letter expressed support uh, for the applicant's efforts to locate in North Sacramento, and uh, you know, mentioned that the project will be a great asset and benefit to the community. The second letter is from the Del Paso Boulevard Partnership, which expresses their support for the project, and as well as the project being an incredible asset to the, to asset to the local community. Uh, finally, we received an email, and this was, we were copied on this email from uh, the old North Sacramento Community Association to their membership, expressing that they have heard concerns from community members on the impact of parking in the area. And I touched on that uh, analysis earlier in the, in the presentation. There were no e-comments for this project. Uh, staff recommends approval of the project as condition as the proposal is consistent with zoning and the general plan. It's located across uh, from an existing light rail station and Wood Lake Park. It remodels and activates a commercial building that's been vacant for uh, 10 years and provides a new uh, repaired pedestrian, new and repaired pedestrian in infrastructure, including separated sidewalks along the project frontage. There was something I didn't mention earlier, speaking about light rail. Uh, the applicant has indicated that as part of their operations, uh, students would all receive an RT pass for, you know, this is a great, you know, great place located right across from, from the light rail station. And it would be great if uh, all the students utilize our great uh, rail infrastructure. Uh, finally, I, I received uh, conditions from solid waste that were not included in the supplemental material or in the staff report. Uh, I'll put these on screen briefly. But these are standard conditions that we receive from solid waste, which you know indicates that project must meet requirements in City Code Chapter 1324 and 17.616. Waste enclosures must must have sufficient space for you know trash recycling and organics. Applicant must provide statement on how you know trash would be picked up by the uh, their uh, private operator. Uh, trucks must be able to safely move about the property and a construction and uh, demolition plan will be required as, you know, during the building permit phase. So the, these will all be included in the, in the final record of decision. Uh, that concludes my presentation. Uh, staff and the applicant team are here should you have any questions. The applicant has a presentation as well. So I'd like to turn it over to Kevin Dobson now. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jose. Kevin, whenever you're ready. All right. And thank you, everyone, for having us this evening. I'll try and make it brief. I know uh, it's a long meeting this evening. Uh, so really wanted to provide some background on Capital College and Career Academy. Again, uh, name's Kevin Dobson. I'm the founder and executive director. Um, and while you guys are obviously making a land use decision, I thought it was important to just describe briefly some of the background of the school. Uh, CCA really grew out of a community school model. Uh, and a need that we identified. I, I live in North Sacramento, walking distance to the campus, and here's a group of young people that really inspired the development of this school, uh, all of which that we worked with and have mentored through the years uh, in Grant Little League. So CCCA not only grew out of a need within the community, a need for alternative educational options, but also a need within the industry, the construction trades. Uh, there is significant labor shortages nationwide, but also here in Sacramento. Uh, and these are career opportunities that lead to full, fulfilling jobs. And for me as a high school teacher and eventually as a high school principal, I continue to be frustrated uh, by the, the lack of educational opportunities for young people in our community. Uh, 
statistics show that only 30% of California freshmen in high school will get a college degree. And so it was important to bring a really high quality school of choice uh, to probably one of the most in need areas. Our board of directors, as you can see here, represents a wide range of the construction trades, public and private companies here in the area. Our goal is that all students will be enrolled in post-secondary institution or employed within six months of graduation. Going back to that idea of a community school resource, uh, we run monthly youth events that we've been putting on since 2020, uh, really engaging young learners in STEM-based learning. Uh, this has been done with a partnership with the Girl Scouts and a number of city grants that have allowed us to continue doing these activities and these events. In addition to that, we have partnerships with Sacramento State, American River College, both of which who have made a commitment to North Sacramento and our community. Uh, we have, as noted by, by Jose, it's a long vacant uh, property here in, in North Sacramento. I believe the, the Limbs Furniture Gallery went out of business in, in 2008 and ran some small community pop-ups, but largely has been vacant since that time. Important to note that we are a countywide charter and, and as such, we charter directly through the Sacramento County Office of Education. With that, and I think important to this discussion, is within this model, we have students off campus every Tuesday and Thursday. The intent of those off campus opportunities is to take college classes through dual enrollment uh, and also take internships with our industry partners. Because of that, we have satellite campuses strategically located throughout the county with uh, community partners that provide wraparound services. So again, important to note that basically the entire campus will be in transit every Tuesday and Thursday and I've got a small graphic that will we'll show that in a, in a minute. Also, as uh, Jose noted, we have a small initial enrollment, intentionally so. We have a, a really a, a, a gradual growth model, really ensuring that we build a strong culture, uh, that we're mindful of, of our industry partners, and really ensuring that we put forth the best educational model possible. And so, again, there's our growth plan. As Jose noted, at full capacity, we have 100 students per grade level, which we don't actually reach in tier, until year seven of operation. And again, that graphic, as I noted, uh, just showing what a day in the life of a student would look like. Uh, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, students are coming to the main campus. Our goal, as Jose noted, is to really take advantage of that light rail station. We have the bus stop right next door, regional transit directly across the street. Uh, we've had a number of conversations with RT uh, that's made a commitment to also provide uh, their, their Jai buses, the, the smaller buses, uh, if we can get a group of students within a five-mile radius of the campus, uh, which will obviously mitigate some of the impacts for that drop-off time. Tuesday and Thursdays, again, as noted, students are at community college partners, uh, going to those learning centers, starting the day there, and then going to their internships in the afternoon. Some students may also start the day at an internship and then go to those learning centers after. And again, I think it's important to note that it is a unique model. It is a model that we are really prioritizing regional transit. I think the closest schools in this area um, that are similar to this is maybe a Cristo Ray or the Met, which is in downtown, uh, that has both those internship opportunities, kids off campus multiple days a week. So what have we accomplished so far? We, we closed escrow back in June. Uh, we have an approved MOU. We have our charter petition through the Sacramento County Office of Education. We've hired our initial staff members. 
Uh, and really, this is the next phase of, of our process as we lead towards the opening of the school. Uh, we have a bond that is set to close for uh, the, the build out of the property after this conditional use project. We've already received bids and a bidder will be formally named at our November 7th board meeting. Uh, we're also, as Jose alluded to, in cycle two reviews for a construction document. Our goal again is that our school opens in August 2023. Uh, we received a number of applications already uh, for the 23-24 school year. And again, have been actively engaged in the community, both in North Sacramento and in Sacramento County as a whole. And so with that, I again want to just thank uh, staff, uh, commissioners who uh, were, were very thorough in, in the questions that they posed and really, uh, again, provide the, the opportunity to answer any questions. Both us and Studio W are on the call uh, to answer any questions and concerns uh, that the commissioners may have. So thank you. Thank you very much, Kevin. Uh, we'll bring the discussion back to the commission. Commissioners, if you have any questions related to these presentations, please raise your hand. I see Commissioner Young. Yeah, the question is for the applicant. Could you maybe, uh, this wasn't really covered in the staff, but maybe uh, just speak to your history and experience to running charter, charter schools? Yeah, my background was as a high school teacher originally. I'm from the East Coast. I worked in North Highlands. I went on to become a middle school teacher. Uh, from there, I was a, a high school principal at Natomas Charter School. Um, and, and with that experience, uh, went on to, to found this new Charter High School Capital College and Career Academy. Uh, we have an extensive board of directors, as noted in the presentation, and also have a number of uh, advisors that have extensive experience, not only starting schools, but working through the facility process and really developing programs throughout the region. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Commissioner Young. Commissioner Chase. Thank you, Chair. Um, like Kevin, I also live within walking distance of this project and uh, have been waiting for the last 15 years to see something happening in that building after spending a fair amount of money on furniture in there when it was <laughs> when Lynn was open. Uh, it's going to be a great project. That said, I have questions of, of, in two areas, and I think these would probably go to, uh, to staff. Uh, the, the tree study, there are some, you know, the five palm trees uh, that are there to be removed. As I say, I'm close, I've walked around, I've looked at them. They appear to be in good condition. What typically happens to these trees when they're removed? Uh, how do you mean what happens to them? Well, where do they go? <laughs> and the reason I ask that is that uh, from all of my work in Southern California over the years, uh, palm trees are very easily transplanted and reused elsewhere. Uh, you know. Are they, is the intent to have them reused or do they just get chopped up and go to firewood? Do you want me to answer that? I'll let, yeah, I'll let Kevin. <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna share that uh, we did already have a group that expressed an interest in the smaller palm trees and, and replanting those. Uh, unfortunately, the, the large 30 foot palm trees that are on the corner of Calvados and Forest uh, were, were too large to transplant and, and uh, unfortunately they didn't really have an interest in those, but uh, I believe it's five palm trees right along forest uh, in that, that kind of northeastern side of the parcel. Our goal is to transplant those trees. Okay, that's good to hear. Thank you very much. Uh, my other area of uh, questioning, I, I guess concern too, is regarding the, uh, the parking study. Um, the study, you know, indicates that, uh, indicates the streets that have unrestricted parking on them that would be available for students. Um, 
However, not very long ago, uh, there's, there's a parking, uh, there's a, an affordable housing project going in almost exactly across the street, diagonally across the street uh, from the school. Uh, and they are providing not much parking. The rationale being it's on light rail and people, you, you know, and we've had this discussion before. Yes, eventually people will use much more light rail, not right out of the, uh, the, the, the bat. So uh, there will be parking impact on the neighborhood directly south uh, of, of that housing project with those residents parking on the street. Therefore, I think a lot of the uh, parking spaces that were indicated to be available uh, to students may not be. And I guess my question, this goes back to staff, is that when we have projects like this come, uh, you know, and the, and the city I know hires a traffic engineer, is there any requirement that they uh, examine, you know, it be a cumulative study that they certainly take into effect other projects that have been approved directly in the area that will together, you know, have a greater effect than the impact than the, than the one project. I'll, I'll let Public Works answer that. They're, they're on, the, on the line, so yeah, this is more their area of expertise. Who do we have from Public Works? I believe we have Pell Clark and Alex Switzgate. Hi, Pell Clark, Public Works. So the question is, do we look at cumulative conditions for parking? Um, not in my experience. This was just simply to document availability of existing conditions and uh, for informational purposes. It wasn't really an impact study for parking. I tell, I, I wasn't exactly sure. Could you kind of clarify what your response was? This wasn't a parking impact study. It was simply documentation of existing conditions. Okay, but uh, I, I guess that's part of my question is that existing conditions are in fact an approved uh, state funded affordable housing project going in diagonally across the street. The study did not take into account uh, at all that, uh, that condition which I think can be assumed as an existing condition. Uh, and part of the reason I ask that is a lot of the, the uh, spaces that have been uh, identified as unrestricted in this parking study, uh, I think have been uh, committed to uh, two hour restrictions by the affordable housing developer to minimize the impact there. So there's this conflict here and I'd, you know, I'd like to ask staff to know how we can, how that can be you know, addressed and resolved uh, going forward. Yeah, the task that we gave our consultant was just to document existing conditions and not take into account other approved projects. So I guess, again, back to the question is, since those approved projects are in reality, I think existing conditions, how can they be, uh, you know, rolled into the, the analysis here, the, the parking here? And, you know, and I, I think I made it clear at the beginning, I'm, I'm totally in favor of this project. I think it's great. But I'm concerned about the uh, the parking situation. This has happened several times in this particular area. Uh, projects have been, in an isolated manner, approved without uh, taking into account cumulative effect from other nearby projects. Uh, and you know, not that the projects are bad, but they do add up and they do have an impact in the neighborhood. So. so I guess, Pal, back to you. How how can how can we address the uh, that project and its impact can can you you know I certainly don't want to. Well, it wasn't, we didn't we didn't we didn't 
tasked the consultant with with cumulative conditions because it's not it's not an impact. It was just merely for information of uh, when the consultant went out and counted how many were occupied and how many were unrestricted. So it wasn't it wasn't under our purview to consider cumulative conditions for parking. Okay, is it under anyone's <laughs> jurisdiction to do that? I, yeah, I just speaks fall through the cracks here, and uh, that's what I'm concerned about. And not only I am, but uh, other residents and neighbors are as well. Commissioner, thank you for the question. I think, um, Garrett, I see that you um, came on camera and off mute. Did you want to comment on that? Sure, thank you, Chair, and um, appreciate the comment, Commissioner Chase. Unfortunately, we did not do the cumulative impact study that you're suggesting at this time. However, if parking does become a problem when these other projects come online, like the affordable one that you're mentioning, the neighborhood or the residents do have the option to enter into that um, neighborhood parking program that you see in other parts of you know Midtown and downtown area. So that is an, um, sort of a recourse that the neighborhood could engage with, with the Public Works Department and parking services um, if they do start to experience um, a large amount of parking um, and it becomes an issue. Yeah, Garrett, I, I did live when I was in Midtown, certainly lived with the, uh, you know, the, the permit parking, had the placards, and, and that worked That worked fine for us there. I've been told by someone who had checked with the city that that permit parking program is not available outside of the central city. Can you or perhaps anyone from Public Works, I don't, is anyone from parking here? I see Greg off camera. Good evening, uh, Commissioner Chase, members of the commission. That program is is available outside of the central city that we do have parking restrictions in um, parts of Land Park and East Sacramento um, for impacted areas. So um, I, I know the parking manager, It I don't know if we've established a residential parking permit area specifically outside the central city to date. Um, but I, I know the parking manager meeting with residents of Woodlake talking about impacts of the Grove. He has talked about um, the ability to establish that, that program, but it does require the neighborhood to weigh in if they want those restrictions as well. Okay. Well, yeah, thanks for your response, Greg, and to everyone else as well. Uh, I, again, I just would like to emphasize uh, that as we do go forward, that projects do take into consideration other you know, approved or up and coming projects uh, in, in their analysis. Thank you, I yield. Thank you, Commissioner Chase, point taken. I um, appreciate the, the consideration there. Um, additional questions from commissioners. Um, I see Kevin, you have your hand raised. Did you wanna comment on the parking issue? Yeah, I just wanted to chime in, you know, as, as a principal at a similar size high school previously, um, I've been somewhat surprised. I mean, we, we had about 20 kids that were driving their own cars. We're seeing less and less students that are, that are driving cars to campus. Again, I think, you know, we're really trying to prioritize that, that regional transit aspect uh, and obviously tapping in, into students uh, that are in the surrounding community. We've, we've built in some priorities for enrollment. Uh, for students that are first in their family to go to college and students that are on free and reduced price lunch. Uh, full capacity, we also would like to provide uh, van access for those students that are maybe living in South Sacramento 
uh, where they could just go directly to one of our satellite campuses and then we could drive them to the main campus uh, on those Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So um, I guess just going to Commissioner, Commissioner Chase's point, I'm certainly uh, acutely aware of, of the challenges with parking. I know um, there is a, like a taco pop-up that uh, runs a number of underground concerts right around the corner. And I mean, parking gets pretty, pretty impacted. So uh, certainly something that, that you know, we're, we're really trying to be mindful of. Thank you. Hopefully we will see with the younger generation, your student population, uh, the tendency to get away from uh, driving and perhaps taking public transportation more. So anyway, thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Commissioner Chase. I don't see other commissioner had with their hands raised for questions. Um, so we will now open the public comment period. Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Yes, thank you, Chair. I do have two hands raised. The first member of the public is from Kevin. I'm going to give you the ability to speak right now. Can you, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Yes. All right, thank you. Good evening, Commissioners. I'm Kevin Ferreira, the Executive Director of the Sacramento Sierra's Building and Construction Trades Council. We fully support this, this project and we ask for your approval as well. We will be partnering with the applicant in developing pre-apprenticeship programs, which will create career pathways in the union construction industry. So we ask for your approval tonight. Thank you. Thank you for your comment. Chair, the next speaker I have is from Ben. Good evening, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Ben, you can. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Okay, let me know if there's, an, if there's any issues. Um, I'm a board member for Capital College and Career Academy and ask for your support for the items under consideration regarding the site of our school. CCCA is an effort that I strongly believe in from a perspective formed during 15 years in higher education. First as a professor in civil engineering, then as a department chair in civil engineering, and now as associate dean in the College of Continuing Education, all at Sacramento State located in District 3 of the City of Sacramento. As department chair for six years, too often I saw students who were pursuing an engineering degree because of the lack of pathway opportunities towards other professions that were more aligned with their true interests. While I'm the product of a more traditional path to a career in a STEM field, the reality is that my pathway is not the same as what other students and young adults may want and need. While I'm a strong believer in bolstering many fields with it, more baccalaureate graduates, we also need structures to support the many other technical and construction careers that are often overlooked because of the emphasis on a college degree. The beauty of CCCA is that it's designed to not preclude any one pathway, including college, but rather to keep as many doors open as possible. It has become clear to me that our current approach in education has not been designed to meet the needs of this century. I hope you will agree with me that CCCA is an excellent step in meeting the many challenges we currently face and encourage a vote in favor of moving forward with the permits and other items in front of you tonight. Thank you. Thank you for your comment. Chair, I do not have any other speakers with their hands raised for this item. Thank you, Madam Clerk. We'll bring it back to the commission. Uh, commissioners, um, please raise your hand if you have any questions, comments, or would like to make a motion. I see Commissioner Chase. 
Thank you, Chair. Um, my prior comments regarding parking situation notwithstanding, I would still like to see that addressed as we go forward on other projects. Uh, I think this is an absolutely great project uh, for this location, and I look forward to it being successful. With that, I will uh, move approval. Thank you very much, Commissioner Chase. We have a motion to approve the staff's recommendation. Uh, Commissioner Macias Reed. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, Kevin, it was just, this is a great model. Um, I think something that we have really been missing here in the city of Sacramento, um, you know, as someone who's married to a general contractor herself, someone who did not go to college because that wasn't his choice and his path in life, as is um, many others, it is not. Um, I, I think we need to have options. Um, I think, um, you know, people... Um, getting them started early in high school, right? When in middle school, they're already identifying our path. And so if we get them started in high school, um, you know, they can start making living wages right out of, right out of high school, right? Um, so again, really supportive of this project. Great to see it through. Um, great to hear that, um, you know, um, Sac Sierra is partnering on this. Um, I think that's a great partnership. And, and again, another great opportunity. Um, so I would absolutely, um, I'm happy to second the motion. Thank you, Commissioner Macias Reed. Uh, we have a motion and a second to approve staff recommendation. Uh, Commissioner Colville. Chair, I too, Kevin, want to applaud you. Um, excellent idea, excellent location for it. I do want to also applaud Commissioner Chase for that great catch on the parking. Um, but I myself, you know, for over a decade now, I've had great plans and ideas for projects and couldn't get somebody to do it for me in construction. Uh, it's just been a knockdown, drag out thing for a long time. Even here in this commission, we have discussed that we have a, a, a lack. Uh, we have a, a need for exactly what you're doing. So thank you very much. And I totally speak in favor of the motion. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Chase. Um, I don't see other commissioners with their hands raised. I would like to align my comments with the commissioners who just spoke. Um, Kevin, great project. Thank you for bringing this forward and your commitment to education and the youth of Sacramento. Um, seeing as we have a, a motion by Commissioner Chase and a second by Commissioner Macias-Reed, Madam Clerk, will you please call the roll for a vote? Yes, thank you, Chair. Commissioner Boyd? Aye. Commissioner Buckley? Aye. Commissioner Chase? Aye. Commissioner Coville? Aye. Commissioner Lindsay? Aye. Commissioner Macias Reed? Aye. Commissioner Pluckybaum? Aye. Commissioner Yee? Aye. Commissioner Young? Aye. Vice Chair Wallace? Aye. Chair Hernandez? Aye. Motion passes. Thank, thank you very much. Kevin, congratulations. And Jose, thank you so much for your work today, and I hope you have a great rest of your evening. Thank you. Um, commissioners, I said we might take a break at 7.30 or 8, seeing as we have one more and last um, item, I think we should just um, work through this one. Uh, we are on item number seven. This is the Elder Creek Market ABC license change, P22-011, noticed on October 11th, 2022. And we'll start with disclosures or recusals. Commissioners, any disclosures or recusals? Seeing and hearing none, uh, we will move on to the staff presentation. Angel, whenever you're ready. 
Okay, well, good evening, uh, commissioners. Uh, my name is Angel Anguiano, project planner for item number seven, Elder Creek Market, uh, file number P22011. Uh, the request is to allow for the sale of distilled spirits for outside, consum outside consumption within an existing convenience store, uh, Elder Creek Market, located at 7033 Elder Creek Road. Uh, the project site is located at the northeast corner of Elder Creek Road and Ring Drive. Currently, the site is fully developed by Elder Creek Market in the vacant commercial building uh, to the west. Uh, the market is completely surrounded by residential uses on all sides, um, including uh, and also a vacant property just to the north of them. Uh, the, the market currently has an approved CUP for the sale of beer and wine. Uh, the addition to allow for the sale of distilled spirits requires approval from approval of a CUP from the Planning and Design Commission. Currently, the census tract on which the market is located, there are no other establishments that currently sell distilled spirits. Also, uh, this is the only market within a one mile radius that sells uh, groceries such as fruits and vegetables. Uh, within the 2035 general plan, it provides us with a roadmap to achieving Sacramento's vision to be the most livable city in America. Uh, the subject site is, is designated as Suburban Center, located in the area in red, and the surrounding land use designations are uh, Suburban Neighborhood Low. Uh, within both land use designations in the general plan, uh, encourages and promotes lower intensity commercial developments that are primarily neighborhood serving, such as a neighborhood market. Oops. Uh, the purpose of the C1 zone, uh, which is the site which the site is located on, is to provide for certain offices, retail stores, and commercial service establishments that are compatible with residential developments. Uh, the zone is intended to be applied to small lots that are surrounded by residential neighborhoods. Uh, the proposed project is consistent with surrounding zone and the surrounding zonings. Uh, so, very quickly, uh, very, this is uh, on the page on the screen is a. Uh, floor plan and the applicant is proposing to operate between the hours of 6 a.m. and 11 p.m. Monday through Sunday. Um, the sale of alcohol will also be available during those times. Approximately 21.9% or 322 square feet of the floor plan will be dedicated for healthy food uh, options. Um, two new short-term and long-term bike parking spaces are going to be provided and the applicant has agreed to to add additional landscaping, uh, an additional landscaping trellis along uh, the building facade to uh, liven it up a little bit as currently there's no uh, trees on the parking lot. Uh, so with that, uh, staff is recommending approval of the proposed uh, project and recommends that the Planning and Design Commission approve the project this evening. Uh, the applicant is here today and would like to make a couple of comments uh, when it's their turn. Thank you. Thank you, Angel. Uh, and the applicant is available for, yep. there you are. Jay, uh, go ahead whenever you're ready. Okay. My name is Jay. Uh, good afternoon, everybody on the planning commission. The last time I've been over here was in 2013. I'm a little older now, lost some hair in the process. <laughs> but um, in 2013, our building was approved. It took us a few years to build our new building. So we're in our new building right now with this project that we are working on, which is a, a new license. 
we plan on bringing in uh, more fruits and more vegetables. I, I believe uh, that's just a basic necessity for all of us. Uh, it shouldn't be something hard to get. Uh, it, it should be available. People should have fresh tomatoes or fresh tomatoes. Or, I mean, I'm sorry, fresh lettuce or fresh of anything at any time. It shouldn't be like something that's difficult to find. Um, I've worked very closely with the planners, uh, Marcus Adams, and as well as Angel Anguiano to get this approved. And then we follow their recommendations to the T. And I hope to exceed those expectations. I want to um, not only meet them, but surpass them in our, in our, in our project. Um, I'm asking if the Planning Commission would approve this project. I've worked extensively with um, the council member's office. Uh, I've lived in neighborhoods since I was two years old, since um, I'm 37 now. Um, take part in our neighborhood associations. We've been active in our projects. Uh, I volunteered a lot of my time and my health in some ways to get this, uh, <laughs> to, to work with everybody. But um, if you have any questions or if you have any issues or something you have to suggest, please also ask me, I'm right here. And any of you are welcome to visit our location. I know you have some major projects on your agenda that are really quite large compared to ours, but uh, this is a big step for our family. We've been working very hard on this. Uh, I don't come from like a wealthy background or like a super rich family. So we work hard every day for what we have. So I, under I hope some of you understand that it's not easy where we come from. So it's just something that we have to do. And then I'm here uh, seven days a week. I, I, I work a lot. So, I mean, if, if there's any questions, just, just ask, please. Thank you, Jay. Thank you very much for your presentation. Um, we'll see if the commissioners have any questions for you or for staff. Um, commissioners, please raise your hand if you have any questions. Commissioner Boyd. Thank you, Chair. My question for staff, um, I don't see any, so I'm assuming there hasn't been any input by neighbors or um, anyone of concern speaking either for or against this project, is that correct? Um, yeah, good evening, Commissioner, that's correct. Um, I did not receive any public input um, for the project. Um, as of writing of the staff report and this evening, I can double check here the online uh, e-comments and that yeah, we haven't received any comments. Commissioner Boyd, was that your only question? That is my only question. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Angel. Um, I do not see any other hands raised from the commissioners for questions. So we will move on to the public comment period. Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I do not see any hands raised for this item. Thank you. Thank you very much. So we will close the public comment period um, and bring the discussion back to the commissioners. Commissioners, any additional questions, comments, or motions at this point? Commissioner Pluckybaum. I'll move approval of staff's recommendation. Thank you, Commissioner Pluckybaum for the motion. Commissioner Lindsay. 
Uh, you know, I'd like to applaud you, Ray, on your hard work in your neighborhood. Um, uh, we're always calling in, in North Natomas. We would love to see more locally owned businesses come. And so that really becomes the fabric of your community. So with that, I would like to uh, second the motion. Thank you. We have a motion by Commissioner Pluckybaum to approve staff recommendation and a, and a second by Commissioner Lindsay. Um, Jay, I would also like to echo the comments by Commissioner Lindsay and just applaud uh, your efforts and dedication to the community. Um, and um, we hope uh, that you have much success. And I especially want to say that, um, you know, bringing um, spirits is, is one discussion, but you're also thinking more holistically. And, and contributing as well to the community with fresh fruits and vegetable options in an area that um, does face uh, food desert conditions. So I just wanna thank you for that. Uh, you know, we live in the Central Valley area and I grew up in the Central Valley and I just wanna say that um, access to healthy food is very important for overall community health. Uh, Commissioner Chase, I see your hand raised. Yeah, thank you. Uh, just one quick comment to uh... Uh, to Jay, I grew up back in Massachusetts, and my both my parents ran a small grocery store. My dad was a butcher in that market, and uh, I, I have a sense of where you're coming from, and I applaud you and your family for for doing that. So look forward to this moving forward. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you, Commissioner Chase uh, and Jay. Just a final comment um, to thank you for sharing your story, um, because uh, we wouldn't have known and learned about you and your background had it not been for uh, you being present here today. So thank you for your commitment and uh, for your time here. Um, seeing no other hands raised, we will um, call the roll for a vote. Madam Clerk, whenever you're ready. Thank you. Commissioner Boyd. Aye. Commissioner Buckley. Aye. Commissioner Chase. A resounding aye. Commissioner Coville? Aye. Commissioner Lindsay? Aye. Commissioner Macias Reed? Aye. Commissioner Pluckybaum? Aye. Commissioner Yee? Aye. Commissioner Young? Aye. Vice Chair Wallace? Aye. Chair Hernandez? See. That's Motion Bennett. passes. <laughs> Thank you. All Congratulations, right. Jay. Thank you. And thank you, Angel, for your hard work today as well. Um, we will move on to the next item, which is commissioner comments, ideas, and questions. Commissioners, do you have any comments, ideas, or questions you would like to raise? Commissioner Macias Reed. I just was wondering, um, Stacia, or who, uh, whoever from staff knows the status. I know we had a couple of vacancies um, on the commission from the professional appointment. And I'm just curious if there's any updates on, on filling those seats. Right, we do have two, well, actually we have three available um, PMPE positions, one of which um, Commissioner Yi is gratefully um, continuing on in until he's replaced. Um, my understanding is that um, we've had a difficult time getting qualified applicants to apply for those positions. So if there happens to be anybody watching um, this evening who wants to be on the Planning and Design Commission and is an architect, landscape architect, engineer, or contractor, um, I invite you to go online to the city's website to apply through the city clerk's office. Um, so those positions are um, available and we do, um, I also notice, have several commissioners that are terming out at the end of this year. Um, they can continue in those positions until they are replaced, um, but there will be some turnover next year. 
Thank you, Stacia. Uh, Commissioner Macias, was that your only quest, uh, comment or idea? Thank you. Yep, that was it, thank you. I don't see any other hands raised from our commissioners. Um, so we will move on to the last item, which are uh, public comments matters not on the agenda, Madam Clerk. Uh, do we have any members of the public who wish to, who wish to make public comments on matters not on the agenda? Thank you, Chair. I do not see any hands raised for matters not on the agenda. Uh, let's. Oh, thank you very much, Madam Clerk. I'm going to back up a little bit. Uh, I see Commissioner Chase has his hand raised. I apologize. Thank you, Chair. I, I apologize for just putting it up after you would ask for. Um, I would rather than having my item, my questions and concerns about parking lumped into the last project, I'd like to have it as a standalone uh, question or request here as well. So I would again uh, like to ask staff going forward to consolidate and consider uh, all parking issues as cumulative and look at their effects on each other. So thank you. Thank you very much, Commissioner Chase. We will work with staff on that um, on that idea. Um, so this brings us to the conclusion of today's agenda. I wanna thank everybody for their participation. I also wish everybody has a very safe and happy Halloween and see you all next month. This meeting stands adjourned. Good night. Good night. Have a great uh, Bye everybody.